Welcome to Deep Drinks Podcast, where the drinks are deep and the conversations are deeper. Hey guys, part of this episode is really poor audio, uh, the first 25 minutes. So if you want to skip past uh, most of that, uh, you can. Uh, and after 25 minutes, it gets better. Thank you. Today, my guest is Stacy, who goes by Apostasy Online. She's a formal evangelical turned secular activist. She's the co-host of Secular Soapbox, and her story is one of pursuing goodness and honest reflection. You can check out Secular Soapbox every Wednesday, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Stacy and I actually share many things in common. We both come from Pentecostal Christianity. We both experience the trauma that that can bring. <laughs> We both have, uh, we're negatively affected by purity culture, and we both have amazing partners who dealt with us uh, through the journey that we took them on through theological changes in our perspectives and uh, and the emotions that, that comes with that. Stacey spent a lot of her life seeking uh, perfection, protecting her purity, and looking for demons around every corner. Stacey comes across as a very genuine person. It's easy to see as soon as you talk with her, and that's why I've invited her on the show. Welcome, Stacy, my new friend. Aw, thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, I uh, well, thank you for having me on your show. So that's something we should probably mention straight off. The oh bat. yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I was on I was on your show, uh, and it was it was just such a great time. Like we uh, um, we. Uh, Sorry, I'm getting a bit of feedback. Oh my gosh. That's okay, is it? <laughs> yeah, the no, no, it was me. Sorry. It was the um I was just trying to this this the the um episode started playing in like another tab and I'm like, which tab is that? And I couldn't like speak. Oh, um that happens that. Yeah. <laughs> on YouTube, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, we had a really good episode on um uh, let me just oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, this is uh, this is going <laughs> fantastic so far. Sorry, guys, I accidentally shared the wrong thing and blah blah blah. So we had a really good episode on your okay. channel, your channel, mm -hmm. um, and we, we could have just kept talking for ages. So we're like yeah, continuing yeah. the conversation over in deep drinks. But yeah, if anyone wants to go check out that, you can go to yeah. over to Skeptic Haven uh, and check out Secular Soapbox. Um, and it was it was a really good time. Yeah. Um. So Stacy. Uh, I have a uh, question. What it was a really nice time. Hmm. Oh, yeah. yes. Okay. So it's not that exciting. I'm sure you've drank this before with other guests, but it's just, I got mine from Starbucks. It's an iced coffee today. <laughs> yay. I got my iced coffee. Um, yeah. Okay. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping. Pardon? I'm so thankful. I feel like I was hoping I, I, to have I'm... something else. Oh yes, because <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. seven a.m. for you, right? Yeah. Well, uh, it's one o'clock yeah. in the afternoon for me. Oh, oh six. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was so funny. We we're messaging back last night. We we're messaging, and uh, I was like, "Oh my gosh, I got to go to bed. I got to be up in three hours to like because <laughs> I was in the edit and deep drinks." But yeah, so this is going to be a really good. I'm really excited to get into your journey because we share. It seems like we share a lot in common, especially the way you talk about your partner, and the way I talk about mm -hmm. um, my partner Amy. It's just we're it's so many parallels. Like, I I, I often describe um Amy as like the rock 
and I'm like this balloon that's like flying uh, flying around at the top and she's like holding me because like I've just been all over the place um and and Amy doesn't really care like I guess that's so much about the like Brian. yeah yeah, yeah. And I heard that I heard Brian is a um he tweets a lot, so I followed him on Twitter as well. So, um, so Oh good. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh that's awesome. Um so I have the first question I want to ask you before we mm -hmm. jump into your story is if you could give one word to describe your deconstructing, what would that word be? Oh. Um well right away the first word that comes to mind is very freeing um yeah the the amount of freedom i felt immediately um was like nothing i'd ever experienced so uh yeah i'd say it was it was freeing did right you did you have did you experience um like a mix of like positive and negative emotions i think i had more positive emotions um <laughs> For someone who was as devoted as I was, how it was, Christianity was my entire identity. Like I, you know how they say like your identity is in Christ. I that mm. to be my entire identity. For someone who embodied that, it, it sounds so strange that I would be so happy as soon as I left that life. <laughs> Um, mm. it was just, I was, I felt euphoric. I felt like I was just like, I had this whole realization, um, that I could choose when I, I stopped believing as soon as I stopped believing, it was like, everything made sense. But, um, just knowing I had that choice, I never thought I had that choice. Um, even if yeah. I didn't stop believing, I never thought yeah. I had a choice in the matter. Um, so very freeing. And as far as anything negative, I think the only thing that felt negative for a very short period of time was I kind of realized, oh, there's no heaven. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. I was, I was very scared of uh, deconstructing because I thought I'd commit a very blasphemous thing and that would automatically just send me to hell. So I had to be sure that that wasn't going to happen. I had to believe that there wasn't, or I had to know there wasn't a hell to send me to. Um, but then once I realized that, I thought, okay, well, now there's no heaven. So, oh, well, I'm not going to be able to be reunited with my loved ones. And this is all the time I'm going to have with them is right now. So I have to really, truly embrace every moment. And mm. that, was, that was the only real grief that I felt. Um, but other than that, um, I've just been so happy <laughs> to leave it all behind. <laughs> that's uh, that's so good. Um, so uh, let's let's jump into your story. So you grew mm -hmm. up non-denominational Pentecostal, is that right? Yeah, I mean, you say non-denominational, but everyone knows it's basically like it's its own denomination. It has it. We were charismatic. We were speaking into all of that. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you spoke in tongues and mm -hmm. laying on of hands. Did you, yeah. this is a question I often, I often that's the same as me, but yeah. is, is there, this is a question I often ask myself. Um, we used to speak all the time about miracles and um, signs from God. Do, do you, do you remember any, <laughs> like, do you remember any like profound 
profound things that happened. Um, um, yeah, I do actually. Um, okay. I do. I remember being in this one church that we went to for about a year and a half and they had a lot of, um, I live in Canada and they had a lot of uh, preachers that would come from like Florida and uh, different places in the South, like Alabama and stuff. And they always came with their own little, not little, but like their own ministries, like prophecy yeah. or gifts of healing or um, gifts of like just miracles. And there was one particular guy who would come and his, his ministry was for people to get dental oh, so that, that sorry say that again uh, dental out. fillings oh, oh did it um God. like like gold fillings in in their mouth um I so you okay so you have and he yeah. would come and uh, the thing is is i don't know if i actually ever saw inside the people's mouth who were saying they were getting the fillings, but people were going up and saying like, I got a gold tooth, I got a gold tooth. And they'd go up and, and tell everyone. Um, but I don't know if I ever saw the person's like, oh, look, I can't, I have a, or maybe they just said it and showed it. And I, I don't know, there was no verifying of it. Um, Interesting. I, that yeah. seems like something that could be so easily verified too. Um, just go to your dentist. <laughs> Yeah, but I've never heard of, I know, I've never heard, I've I've never seen that, we never went that far in, in our church, I guess, but um, we were running around looking for gold dust when that's, that movie uh, Finger yeah. of Gold came out. Okay. We around looking for gold well, dust. They, they, the same guy, he was always like telling us, look for gold dust, and so like people would be looking at their hands, and I used to like yeah. wash my hands before the service began, because I wanted to, and I wouldn't like touch my face or anything in case I had like makeup on that would give it like a shimmer and so there was like your hands would get shimmery but I don't I don't know how to like reconcile that um yeah. it still could be like my lotion or I was a teenager and like glitter spray was in so I'm sure it was probably something to do with that so um I remember, yeah, same with, with, with our church. There was like, these people were obsessed with the, with the gold dust idea. And um, I yeah. think one time they're like, that's here, gold dust, it's here. It's here. Yeah. They're running around. And it was just, it looked to me like someone had touched someone who had a glittery makeup. And that's like, exactly just what it looked it. like. Like it was almost like, it's almost like, eyeshadow. I like if I, yeah, I feel like if I looked hard enough, I could find gold dust in my hand now. Like, it that's was, how you I really were looking for it. Yeah. That's how I, I sometimes I'll still look at my hand and I'm like, okay, I can kind of see like some shimmer and it's probably just from like body products or yeah. something of that sort, or maybe just hugging people while you're at church and their makeup is getting on you. I don't know. Or they're yeah. praying with you or holding your hands or yeah. something. And how, how are all these things like, um, explained to you? Um, like when, well, how, how did you accept them? Um, so for me, I was kind of near the end of my faith when, well, I was kind of, I was kind of getting into a part of Christianity where I wasn't so on fire for God when the gold dust started happening. I was kind of like, and I was kind of thinking to myself, like, 
why? Why is this? Why is there gold dust appearing or manna? People were getting manna appearing oh, yeah. in their Bibles. Manor. Yeah, not <laughs> in any, not anywhere I saw, but like in you know, documentaries on, you know, Christian yeah. programs. But yeah, so it's like I was always wondering why why that would happen. Um, what, what was your thoughts behind that? I definitely thought it was like a move of the Holy Spirit. Um, I believed it, and it was this was in like the late nineties. And um, I don't know if you're familiar, you, you might be because of what you're doing and, and stuff, but uh, the Toronto Blessing, do you know, are you familiar no. with that at all? Oh, okay. So that was like a, a huge thing that began at a Toronto church and it's called the Toronto Blessing. And it was like a, a revival that was going on and on and on. And I think even like Bill Johnson from Bethel, like he attended it and he got some like major prophecy at that Toronto blessing revival. So this was sort of like, like look how God's outpouring to our church from Toronto blessing. And there you go. <laughs> um, wow. So this was sort of kind of like a step, like a branch off of, of of that at that time this is like what a move of god that was sweeping through the nation you know uh to the next generation so it seemed very real to me oh yeah and and and, and it is an interesting phenomenon like the whole revival uh, spectacle because it because there's definitely like there's definitely something uh about it like i don't know i don't think anything's going on i don't think like goblins are controlling the spirit realm or there's like you know i don't think there, there are things that are actually happening but it's interesting how it <laughs> does actually happen like how we get groups of people who just become yeah like, or, it's like a group hysteria mass hysteria um, yeah there's been cases of mass hysteria where people can't stop laughing or dancing for days oh like, yeah that happens <laughs> Yeah, but the like, laughing, that, like, oh, yeah, yeah, I heard about that after. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. so when um, I heard about that, yes, yeah. yeah, so oh, I was gonna say, when I heard about like when I heard about like the, the mass hysteria and the laughing outside of Christianity, um, like years later, I thought, okay, that there's no way that any of that was real back in my yeah. in my youth because if it can happen in other places then that was definitely not god so that's how i mm. kind of reconciled that later was that wasn't actually god that was just people like getting yeah kind of their emotions all swelling and yeah 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 so um so you're in this church like were you always like we did you were you always saved or were you like a you know did you you know have a rebellious teen years or did you did you grow up within church like lead us through what kind of Christian you were. I was always, I was always saved. Um, apparently I became, I answered an altar call when I was like three years old. Um, <laughs> That's adorable. Cause I, <laughs> cause I knew what a sinner I was at three years old. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I guess like if anyone would have described me, I, I, they would have said, I've always had this love for Jesus, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I just, I, I, I answered an altar call. I gave, I gave my life to Jesus. And I feel like I was sort of just 
that that's just how I was. I was like, okay, Stacy's a Christian and I just grew up that way. And I wanted to just continue growing up that way because it was the right, right thing to do. Um, but because of, because of that, um, I got introduced to a lot of, uh, really bad theology as far as like spiritual warfare because of that at like age three years old, um, like, like very bad. Um, I don't know what the story is exactly. It kind of comes from my grandmother. She had a big house that had a sliding patio door. And I apparently said there was a wolf outside and, um, I was three, like kids say, my kids say things all the time. I would never equate that to a demon now. Like, Mm. but she said that I was saying, oh, there's a wolf outside. I can't go outside. There's a wolf. And so apparently like a couple of days later, one of her prayer partners called and said, every time I pray, I just, I keep seeing this like wolf outside of your, your house and snatching the blessings that are trying to come in. So it was like, oh, Stacy's been seeing a wolf. And so I just, then I was like, okay, well, you can see in the spirit realm. That's what I was just believing. So I thought, okay, well, I must have this like gift that I can see in the spirit realm because I've been told this since I was three. And I I was like, okay, well, the spirit realm is a real thing. And I can see it apparently. Um, And so that brought in like a ton of baggage now looking back before I thought oh this is such a gift but no it was not a gift yeah even if I believed in it it's not something that you tell you know a three-year-old it it just it terrified it was it's terrifying to think back like I have a three-year-old now like I would not be telling him oh you can see demons and, and speak to those demons and tell them to leave you know the way that you're told that in charismatic circles yeah, it, 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 I know it can be it can be very wild and and uh, you know I had a um I had a schizophrenic friend and uh, who was very into church and um, I remember sitting down and they were talking to me about like how they got really um, when they got really sick they could see demons entering like they'll be walking through the shopping center and they could see en- demons entering and leaving people and oh and they could, they could every time they talked to people they could only see the demon and all this stuff and I and they were telling me as if it was like real. And I, I remember just saying to them, like, how do you determine like the difference between like your mental condition mm-hmm. and the spirit realm? And he got like really, really down. Like it was, it was a hard question for, and, and I, I felt kind of like a dick for asking because I didn't realize it was such a, but, but yeah, he, like he, he tried to explain it and then he kind of got a bit sad and I was like, damn, like this is this, like this type of this perspective, like preys on mental conditions and, um, we'll get into that a little bit. Um, yeah. Um, about because, like, you know, I don't have schizophrenia, but you know, I I've I've had some OCD stuff go on, and you've had some stuff go on, uh, and we'll definitely get into that. But um, I, I do I do want to kind of uh, just kind of yeah go through your story a bit lin- linearly for uh, sure. Linearly. Um, yeah. <laughs> so so yeah, it, it is wild though, right? How like it's just yeah. it's just wild. So so you. <laughs> So how did you go from that to thinking that, that that things were like spiritual and everything to like 
um, and seeing into the spirit realm to like becoming to start, to start questioning your faith. Like, how did you go from that? And when did you start questioning your faith? How old were, how old were you? Oh my gosh, not that not that long ago. Um, not that long ago. I I basically I was from the time I was three until mm -hmm. how old was I in twenty nineteen? Thirty five. Um, that's when I began questioning like uh, my, my Pentecostal faith, like the charismatic, all of that. Um, I saw a Christian documentary um, called The American Gospel. Mm -hmm. And uh, it basically exposed sort of the, the falseness of the, of the charismaticness, the, the word of faith movement, the, you know, the whole speaking things into existence, the uh, speaking in tongues like, um, still, like Joyce uh, Meyer, Joyce Meyer yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly, they feature them in this documentary, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. and um, so they, they really break it down and they, they kind of get to like the meat of the gospel and um, it answered a lot of questions that I, I kind of always had about what I grew up with because I found that there were so many question marks for me, like about Christianity. Um, but I just was like, well, I guess I'll just know one day, or I guess, I don't know, maybe I'm not smart to know the answer to this. Maybe this is just, you know, this is God's ways are higher than my ways, you know, like that's sort of how you mm. kind of sense the times. Um, but then this documentary came out and I was like, oh my goodness, this is everything I've kind of always felt about like, spiritual warfare or speaking in tongues and just being like, is this actually real? Like, or, or prophecy, like in terms of how people prophesy now over other people, like um, they basically, that documentary says how like those were just for the, um, the apostles in that time. And when all the apostles died, those gifts ceased, right? So I thought, okay, well, that actually makes sense. So, okay, I guess I've just had the wrong version of Christianity. Um, I need to find the right version of Christianity. So I, I still had like a bunch of questions, but this documentary, it was very, very, very heavy, uh, heavily influenced by the reformed uh, community, like a Calvinist perspective. And all mm. of the, the pastors and, and preachers, teachers that they had that were Christian that were featured in this documentary were all like basically Calvinist. And um, they presented in such a like beautiful way of the gospel. Um, but I thought, okay, well, I guess that's the way that I should be like looking at the Bible. And I wanted to, to know more about how the Bible came to had to be, how it was like assembled, um, sort of like what the text actually meant. Um, and I I had so many questions answered just on like the Pentecostal stuff that I thought, well, I'm never gonna let myself not find the answers to things ever again because I found out a ton of answers. Like, I feel like that was like a lot of deconstructing um, this particular summer because I, I deconstructed um, all the gifts of the spirit, like prophecy, speaking in tongues. I, I deconstructed um, spiritual warfare. Uh, I 
from a Christian perspective, I still was like, this is, this is bunk. Like, I don't believe in, in, in spiritual warfare anymore. Um, I also deconstructed like the rapture. I no longer believed in that anymore. So I was, I was, I was deconstructing things without realizing that that's what I was doing. I was changing my views. I was like, nope, I don't believe in that. I don't believe in that. Um, and it was feeling really good. And I was like, I'm not, I'm going to keep like, if I question, I'm just going to like find, find out answers. So um, that's sort of what led me that I'm at today because the questions just kind of kept coming and the doubts never fully disappeared. And I kind of like put a band-aid of Calvinism on the doubts just to sort of like, well, if I still have to be a Christian. I didn't think it was an option, even though I went through a time where I was like, I don't think any of this is real. Um, but I didn't think that I couldn't be a Christian because I was so afraid of hell. That was so ingrained in me. Um, and I was more afraid of hell and I believed more in hell and, and like demons at times than I did in God. And I thought if I believe in demons and I believe in, in God, so I'm just gonna, this is too much. I just, I, I can't believe I, I'm pooped. So yeah. Stacy is back. <laughs> okay. Hey, Stacy. Is this better? Oh, it's way better. Oh, yeah, okay, good. Okay. I'm so sorry, you guys. No, that's okay. <laughs> Everyone got to hear a fun story about oh, um, my uh, demon casting out a demon out of a uh, out of a um a youth member casting <laughs> okay. out a demon, and I I, I called him up and I, I spoke to him about this. Um, and, uh, and I also want to shout out, thank you, River City Film. You became a member of the channel. I, I really appreciate that. Thank you so oh, much. Awesome. Um, the, but, but I, I rang up this person and spoke to them and they're kind of like a, like a up and coming. They will, I reckon they'll be famous one day, very famous one day, um, uh, recording artists. So, um, and I asked them, do you want to come on? And they said, honestly, like they don't really remember a lot of it because it was just so, like, they've kind of, it's so traumatic. They've kind of like put that part of their life in the different area in their brain but um mm -hmm. anyway back to your story so <laughs> explain what is yes. calvinism so calvinism is it's okay so when we i was in a pentecostal church it would have been considered like the like the dry church they don't have the holy spirit they're they're boring they're very liturgical but what how i thought they were when i was in it is they just they really followed the bible um they just they're they're really in like they're just very into doctrine and dogma mm. and um very rule very rule uh based and uh they have the there's like the five points of calvinism so there's like total depravity unconditional grace limited atonement irresistible something and or I don't know, they have like all these different perseverance mm. of the saints. So they believe also in like election. So um, it's not really like your choice that you're saved. God elected you or predestined you to be saved before the beginning of time. And you also don't know who God elected to be saved. So you definitely have to preach the gospel to everyone. Um, and also if That's somebody convenient. like me... Yeah. <laughs> Someone like me who has 
fallen away, um, I was never saved to begin with because someone who's truly saved does not turn away from the faith. So, um, yeah, yeah, they, that's pretty universal, I think. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Every Christian I've ever spoken to says that I was never a true Christian, and I'm like, okay, well, I guess exactly. I'm never a true Christian. Yeah, I know. The, so I remember they're, just, they're very dogmatic. I remember having a friend come over from. It was. I used to do game development, and and he was a he was someone who did one of my courses, and he came over from Canada actually, and he came over to Australia and said, "Hey, I'm oh. I'm in this area." And I said, "Actually, that's five minutes from where I live." And he's like, "Do you want to grab a beer?" And I was like, "Yeah, let's grab a beer." We went to the um, we went to just talk about game development. We went to the pub, and we ended up talking about religion the whole time, and he was a staunch Calvinist, like he was like, okay. and and I said, and I and I never I didn't really know what Calvinism was at the time, and I said and I was an atheist, I was deconstructing at the time, and I said, how do you reconcile? So do you believe that God just creates people destined for hell? And he said, uh, eventually he said, yes. Okay. And I said, that makes God out to be incredibly cruel. And he was like, and, and he's like, well, I know. And he's like, people make that claim all the time, but that's what the Bible says. And I'm like, okay. And then he, he flipped it on me and he said, do you think... Um, he's like, do you, do you, did you believe in Pentecostal, like praying, praying for people and healing? I was like, yeah. And he's like, he's like, I think that's immoral. Cause why aren't those people outside of a children's hospital every single day? And I was just like, Oh, <laughs> we're both kind of pointing <laughs> out the immorality of each other's like theology. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah it's, it's wild. So, um, so, the, and so is there like a, a main scripture and just to, before we move off Calvinism, is there a main scripture that they have for the, um, I guess, for the, the, the fact that some people are just elected and some people aren't? Is there a scripture that they point oh, to? Oh, there, there definitely are some, um, I think in, in Romans, ah, it's been so long. There are some a lot that definitely have the word like elected and like God mm. elected. And it's like, yeah, you can kind of see it. It's like, yeah, that, it says it right there. You you can you can see that kind of what they're saying makes sense in a way, and uh, you can believe it if you mm. have that thinking of a Calvinist. You're like, yeah, no, I think they're right. So um, yeah. that's it's easy to to kind of understand, but it's also very sadistic at the same time. Like that's one thing my husband was just like. I don't like that. <laughs> He's like, that just seems really awful. <laughs> so. I, I, I always make this joke that like, I will, uh, cause it's so funny that your husband is, is your husband is so much like my wife. Um, in that, like, <laughs> like this so many times where like, I'll, I'll like burst through the door. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I just discovered this thing that totally changes our whole worldview and everything is like a lie. Right? And Amy will be like cutting up, cutting up some stuff for a cheese board. She's like, oh, okay. She's like, that's interesting. Anyway, do you, do you want um And she doesn't care. Like, I'm like, but doesn't this like, or like, I'll Just tell her something. Like, doesn't, this have, doesn't this have a, like a knock-on effect for everything that you believe? And she's like, I guess so. And I'm like, yeah. oh, but, like, what? does that matter? <laughs> does that, like, oh my God. Like, yeah. and I was always, I was always worried too. Yeah. Cause, um, I don't know if, uh, is Brian, sorry, your, your partner, Brian? Brian. Is yeah. that his name? Yeah, yeah. Um, I I was always worried yes. that Amy wasn't saved, so I would like because she'd never spoken tongues. So I was always like really worried about that. Yeah. So were you were you the same with Brian? Yeah. 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 
exactly yeah. the same. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's, it's super, super, it's super, yeah. it puts you in a super weird spot. Hey, so how did you go from, um, how do you go mm -hmm. from Calvinism to, uh, to leaving your beliefs altogether? Um, it, you know, we moved away from our, our church from everyone we knew and um, it being away from everything is when I started really doubting it all. And it was like everything, my brain kind of cleared and we weren't in church all the time, like two days or two times on Sundays. And uh, it was just moving away and not being in that bubble. And mm. I was starting to really think and I was like, you know, this isn't really making sense. And you know, this, I don't know if I, if I really want to do this anymore. And I think I want to kind of explore this idea. And I started listening to other podcasts and documentaries. Um, I even listened to a podcast or a documentary on the effects of purity culture put out by Joshua Harris, uh, who wrote, I Kiss mm. Dating Goodbye. I don't know if you remember that book at all. No, I I, I don't no? remember oh. that book. No, but I know I, I know the name. We had this um uh, preach uh, preach from one of our the 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 wife of the our youth pastor. So I guess she was also a youth pastor. I don't know, but but she 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 was created this like preach that was like dating what to do, and we're all like you know with bated breath like waiting like what do we do because we're all new Christians, and she's like yeah. don't. She's like caught, and I was like, "What?" And we're like, and she's like, "Yes, you caught for marriage." And we're like, "Okay." And like, she did this whole preach about it. We're like, "Wow, okay, that's weird," <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he wrote this book in the '90s. That was basically yeah, the same thing. And like, every time you even like, if he the start of the book was like, imagine like you're getting married to your spouse, and then every person that you ever like were intimate with comes up at the altar and is standing there with you with your spouse so they're all like they have a part of your life and they come into that marriage with you and it's just like so it just paints this picture of you like you give a piece of yourself away to everyone right so he later it was all it was in like 2019 i think he he deconverted and, and he apologized for the damage that his book did and i wow. was actually quite curious yeah um i think he's if he's not an atheist he might be like agnostic um but he doesn't believe anymore and um so i wanted to i, I heard he had a documentary out and he kind of like he went around and just like talked to people that that book affected in a major way and as i was watching the documentary i'm like hey purity culture did kind of mess me up like maybe it mm. is really screwed up and so that was kind of wheels were starting to turn just about that and uh that was sort of the beginning that wasn't like what you know sparked my whole deconversion but it just kind of got me thinking of just mm. christianity in general and i was like i don't know this seems pretty bad <laughs> yeah um, and I kind of just like, I went from there and it, you know, just from one thing to the next. And I just was getting like, 
more like, I want to know more. I want to know more. Like, this is so fascinating. And I was kind of feeling the same way that I did when I found out about how everything I believed about like the Pentecostal church and like that kind of movement, I was getting that same sort of like realization and, and this like epiphany moments. Like every day I was like, okay, this is blowing my mind. Um, I need to continue this because something's happening here and I don't want to stop it. And that's basically what led me into deconverting is I was just like, I have to find out more. Like things are starting yeah. to click and I need to go while this momentum is, is like at its peak. And mm -hmm. I also needed some like permission, not permission, but I, I was afraid of hell, like I said, and um, I kind of cornered my husband in the kitchen one day because I was like, I'm so scared. Like, he didn't know all the turmoil I was in and the excitement at the same time. But I was like, what if there's a hell? Like, what if I do this and, and I end up going there? And he had that quote, which you kind of had a little bit of a, reminded me of the quote you said at the beginning, like a mm. small part of like the one he said to me, but um, he's like, I saw this quote on Twitter. Maybe it'll help you. I don't know. And it just, it said like life is the spark between two identical voids, the one before birth and the one after death. And it was just this like light bulb went off. And I was like, oh my God, before I was born was an eternity. And I have no mm. recollection. I wasn't being tortured. I wasn't like nothing was happening. I have no memory of it. And it's probably going to be the exact same when I die. So I have nothing to lose. I don't think I need to be afraid of this. And that was kind of how my fear of hell just completely disappeared, which was crazy because mm. that was like 37, 38 years of fearing it. Um, and then I needed to also know the history of how hell got brought into the church. Like I didn't just stop right there. I was like, okay, well now how did this even come <laughs> yeah, into <no>. play? <laughs> yeah. So it's like you now approaching intellectually rather than emotionally. Like uh, yeah. that, that also helped like, you know, like when I, when I thought of it, like I've had a lot of discussions in my deconstruction and debates with people and, um, a lot of thoughts would um like pop up. Um, and one of the thoughts I had was like the same thing. It's like, you know, what is it? Where do we go when we die? I don't know, but it'll probably feel like the 13.8 billion years before we existed. Like it'd probably feel like yeah. that. Or, um, or another one is, uh, that, that helped me. It was, it was one of my thoughts, um, that I said to a, my cousin and he said, you know, what happens when, you know, where do you think we go when we die? And I said, I think we go, I thought about it and I thought, I said, I think we go to the same place a flame goes when you blow out a candle. It's like, you, you don't think of it like it goes somewhere. It's just, no, it ceases to exist. It's gone. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, there's a, there's a freedom in that, isn't there? Like for me, huge. It, for me, there's like a, there's some part of a sadness, but it's also, it actually makes me appreciate life so much more. Mm -hmm. Like I want to travel. I want to spend time with my family. I want to yeah. um, not sweat the small stuff and like, you know, like, yeah. Yeah, were exactly. you the same? Oh, totally. I remember just um, waking up the first couple of months, like 
<clears throat> excited. I had butterflies in my stomach every single day because I was just like, there's this whole world I can learn about now. And I was just like, I was checking out books from the library. I didn't read them all, but I just was like, I want to get this one and this one and this one. And I've come home. Oh, well, yeah. Well, you see, that's what books. I did. Look at yeah. that, I've, half of those I haven't even read because I, well, I got to, this is so amazing. And I'll buy it. And then like yeah. the years gone past, I'm like, I've got to read this book, but I keep getting yeah. more. Yeah. Just, I wanted to know everything. And I was just like, <laughs> it was so exciting. And I would like tell my husband something because I never looked at evolution before because I never believed in evolution, right? So then I'd find out something really fascinating. I'd be like, did you know this? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, you did? I'm like, no. Because I just thought, well, that's I'm not going to even look at it because I believe in creation. So why would I even entertain the thought of evolution? So then just tiny little things about evolution were just so cool um, when I learn them and i was just like man i wish i knew about this from the my whole life but i don't know if it would have been as fascinating when i yeah. learned them in school i probably would have been like okay cool like <laughs> that's great yeah. but yeah. now it's like this is so incredible um yeah. so yeah. Just to give, just to give uh, Kent Hoven a clip to work with if he ever does me, if he whacks me as an atheist. But um, for for me, when I because he always talks about uh, evolution being evolution as long as a religion, he always talks about it being a religion. Um, it it it's definitely not. It's a science. Mm -mm. <laughs> but, but but I was so blown away by it that it almost felt like a religion when I first started looking into it. I was so overwhelmed with with awe and wonder and mystery and and i couldn't stop looking at fossils and i was like oh my god like look at this like and i would look at our um our beagle and i'm like you know we got him we got him desex and i'm like 3.4 billion years you're you've you've there's been a, a successful line of in 3.4 and we've just ended it like <laughs> done like you'll you, yeah. you'll never have a descendant and I'm just like, that is overwhelming. That's, that's incredible. And like, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm looking at his eyes and his ears and I'm going like, how, you know, we, how we've, we've kind of, a, we've kind of not, um, selected these animals to be more cute for us. So, and it was just, I was just kind of blown away. It actually made me um, think more about my, my food choices as well. I became a vegetarian because I was like, because okay. I would be like, I'd look at the animals and I'm like, if we're just animals, like, like it, it, it was, it was for me, it was really wild. Like it was, yeah. it was really wild. Um, That's interesting. Hmm. But something something that um, you really wanted to talk about, and I'm this is the part that I'm most excited to talk about is <laughs> what I'm going to phrase as magical thinking, which okay. is the need the the, the the need to confess the mental health that comes along with okay. uh, issues that come along with um, deconst uh, with with these type of church environments. Mm -hmm. uh, so, can you go into a little bit about you? So I released a video for those who haven't watched it. Um, it's uh, it's called My OCD Story. Uh, and um, I spent lots of time editing it and no one cares. <laughs> it's like, you know, you spend all this time I doing care. something. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm like, I, I'm like, this is going to be a banger. And it's like 100 views. I'm like, damn it. And then I put no work I on another video. It. And it's like, everyone's like, woo, this is amazing. I'm like, damn it. It's funny how YouTube works. But I, the the... the you know, with the OCD, um, just to give everyone a recap of what ha what happened to me. So, um, and just quickly, I was yeah. was um, 
trying to get back with like have a stronger relationship with God and I had um, I was in my father's woodworking shop and I was praying and I heard this um, I was making Amy a jewelry box which I ended up making and giving to her and um, I heard this I started praying because I wanted to have open up my heart to God I felt I felt this booming voice say break up with Amy and I immediately had a panic attack and I went outside and I was vomiting and vomiting in the garden because I just would panic anyway and the panic attacks got so bad, I was vomiting every night, but, you know, in walking around the street, I, I lost a bunch of weight, which was kind of cool. But besides that, I was, I was not living a good life. I couldn't get out of bed um, and stuff like that for a long part of the day. And I was seeing like, you know, Sunday I would go to church, Monday I'd go to church counseling, Tuesday I'd go to prayer nights, Wednesday I'd go to another church counselor or mentoring and Thursday or mentoring. Like I was doing things every day of the week and my parents begged me to go to a secular psychologist. Eventually, I decided to go to the secular psychologist and they the first session, they were just asking questions. I was pretty much filling out a form. I thought it was really stupid. And the second time um, I went along, they asked me to repeat out loud, what if God wants me to break up with Amy? And I said, no, no, I can't. I can't do that. I'll, 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 what if I take it literally? What if I push past you? I run out and I call her and I break up with her. What if uh, and I said, I'm a Christian? And, you know, the Bible says that there's life and death in the power of the tongue. I don't want to confess it over my life. And he was really firm with me and he's like, no, no, he's like, you're going to stand here and you're going to say, what if God wants me to break up with Amy? And I argued with him for a while. And then eventually I said, what if God wants me to break up with Amy? And he's like, say it again. I'm like, what if God wants me to break up with Amy? And then my anxiety is building. He's like, say it again. And I kept doing this for about a couple of minutes until I'm panicking. I'm having a huge panic attack. And mind you, I felt like I was in an episode of psychosis for like three, four weeks. Like oh I, from, from this moment that I was in my dad's tool shop, I, I was just constantly at a fight or flight, like nine, like a nine on the anxiety scale all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, and actually at about midday, I'd go down to about a five out of 10. Like I was, if for some reason midday was okay, but nighttime and mornings were horrible. And, um, and eventually I'm saying, and I'm like looking for a bin to vomit in his, his, um, office. And I'm like looking around, I'm like, I'm going to vomit. And he's like, say it again, say it again, say it again. And eventually it was like, click. And it's like, I was saying, what if God wants to break up with Amy? What if God, and then all of a sudden I was like, what if God wants to break up with Amy? And then he's like, say it again. I'm like what why did i ever think that and it was honestly oh like gosh. it was like a paul on the road to damascus like the scales fell from my eyes like i it, it honestly was like it just broke and i was just like and i was like why did i ever think that god wanted me to break up with amy and that realization was like to, to cut a long story short is i, I kind of realized that the voice of god for me in that moment was an ocd tick why could a tool of psychology work on what i thought was a pretty strong um voice from god um yeah. you know so it was wild um uh, hey don't uh, hey wow. what the becks hey everyone that's in the chat thank you for um listening i can't but, see so, any comments so oh okay <laughs> i'm on my so, phone so hi everyone so that's um so that was like what i shared and you you said that you said something really interesting to me and you said that you always had a need to confess and mm -hmm. and that I don't know if you know this, but that actually is a one of the. I'm not. We're not diagnosing anyone with OCD at the moment, but no, but, no, no, okay. but that is that is one of the things that um, that people with OCD can tend to have, uh, and that's definitely yeah. how mine manifested. So yeah, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I I've been listening to like some more OCD things this week because I never actually had got an official diagnosis. I never, um, but I. You know, you can kind of tell after so many mm -hmm. years and listening to to 
doctors on YouTube that are psychiatrists. I am 99.999% sure that if I mm -hmm. were to see if I would have OCD, um, just given the, the intrusive thoughts, the racing thoughts, the constant need to confess those thoughts in order to feel any kind of relief, but that relief only lasts momentarily until those mm -hmm. thoughts come back. Um, avoiding triggers for those thoughts, um, like places, uh, situations, <laughs> songs, TV shows, uh, scenarios in TV shows that could trigger the thought. Um, so this started when I was young, like a teenager, and uh, I would, it, they'd wake me up from the, like, dead asleep, and they'd wake me up, and they would just go over and over and over and over oh, and I could not go back to sleep. And the only way I could get up is I'd lay there in agony. Um, but the, the time, the whole time I would be thinking, this is Satan. This, I didn't necessarily think this was me. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> so I thought that I was having an attack from the enemy. Um, and I would just, my stomach would be in knots. I would feel like I'm going to either throw up or, just I felt sick and mm. I just remember laying in bed having these intrusive thoughts that were not true um, they were never anything that was true but they would just not stop and I would have to get up wake up my mom get her to come and lay with me and I would just but it would take all the courage in me to to work up to tell her the thought and I'd lay there and, and I'd say you're gonna think I'm the worst person in the world you're gonna think I'm horrible for even thinking this this is not me and she would just reassure me no I you're not you're not bad you're like you're a good girl I never I never you asked if I had a rebellious stage ever I didn't I I never mm -hmm. did um I I never ever acted out um I never partied I never drank I never was promiscuous never any of those things I wanted to be as pure and as good because I never wanted to have to confess for any other thing. Yeah. So did, um, just, just quick side yeah. note, did you ever, so did you ever uh, do drugs or anything like that in your no. life? No. Yeah. I was thinking, I heard you say something like that about never smoked weed or something on, on, or something on another one of your shows. Because I was doing some research. <laughs> well, and I thought, oh, have you have now? I, well, just in the last six months. Oh, I've cool. Tried it. Oh, oh, awesome. <laughs> but that's I was, only um, in the last six months. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking, <laughs> like, because Deep Drinks is going to go international when we can, um, when we, this channel keeps growing. I want to start doing in live, in person interviews and stuff. This is a joke, but I was thinking, how funny it would be if, like, we both did um, a trip together. Um, <laughs> because I've never done it either. And it'd be like, a ho it'd be, it, I'm terrified of it. So I'm like, oh, let's go oh. Like, take our families and we'll go. <laughs> trip out like yeah. I don't know, be, talk about talk about the universe we do a long 12-hour deep drinks episode anyway oh it's a joke yeah no so I I was <laughs> I I was straight I've never okay I've never tried a cigarette like I'm I'm 39 mm. like I've never tried a cigarette nothing but like Probably six good. months ago and I, yeah I have no desire to but six months ago like when I I was like you know what I if I want I can try it it's legal here I'll try it so <laughs> That was it. Okay, six months ago, everyone. That's my big. Confession. What was it like? Did you did you get <laughs> did you get uh, did you experience it? Because a lot of people don't experience the high for the first time. Did you experience? I just it? I giggle. I I yeah I giggle. It's, yeah. It's, uh, I laugh. Yeah. I I laugh a lot just in in general, and it just kind of intensifies. Just I just get very like hee hee hee. This is so funny, and everything's hilarious. Yeah. And, 
the and, is yeah <laughs> funny just a funny story like we we were going to go to Amsterdam and um and I I have a background in um in I, I went to like a rehab at one stage but it wasn't for anything it's so weird I didn't need to go I thought I was becoming like schizophrenic because I was smoking weed for a few weeks like it was it was ridiculous oh, okay. that I went like people were like why like, I'm here with people from jail and with heroin addictions and stuff and I'm just like I've smoked weed for a few weeks but it, that, that's what, that's what the, the church told me I had to hit rock bottom so I was like let's hit rock bottom I'll go to a rehab like it was it was yeah. I, another another story for another time but um so I was never, you know, I was like, I'm not going to smoke weed again. And, and, and we're married. And then Amy one day says, um, and she's never smoked a cigarette. She's never even said some swear words. Like she's very similar, like very, very, very proper. And um, and she goes, we were talking about going to Amsterdam. She's like, oh, I might try a hash cookie. And I was just like, <laughs> what? I was like, really? And then and then we're like, yeah. And then we're talking about it. And then um, we talked to friends about it. And I was like, that's such a, I've never thought I'd hear you say that. And then she's like. And people are like, well, cookies, you know, you don't, might not want to try cookies, but you might want to try smoking and, and because, you know, you can control it. And then, control and, it, yeah. yeah. And then it was just like, and then it was like, and then someone's like, well, if you want to do it over in Amsterdam, you may as well try it here in Australia. Um, and I'm not confessing to any crimes to anyone, yeah. um, but hypothetically, um, yeah, hypothetically, we might have gone down to the beach like really late at night and like smoked weed as if like we're like and like we like walk back through the bushes like all. And it was not a good experience because of the setting that we're in because we're, we're both kind of like, hiding it and being secret and you know like that hypothetically yeah that is. yeah um so <laughs> oh, yeah it's it was it was it was wild. and then and we did i did it a few times i had a, had a panic attack and then when we got to amsterdam i never did it in amsterdam yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no so all of the intrusive thoughts were completely sober <laughs> yeah completely sober um so so did yeah. I, I I really resonate with how you say you have that need to confess and like confess to God, confess mm -hmm. to people. Um, oh, it's just it's just it's it's absolutely wild. Um, how 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 crippling it can be. Like uh, yeah. a lot of my family members had really bad OCD, mm -hmm. um, and they would they would have to say at night, "Good night, I'll see you in the morning." And if and they couldn't sleep unless everyone in the house had said that back to them. Mm -hmm. Like it was really debilitating for the person like oh. it was horrible or sometimes and their, their OCD got right. so bad that it would take them 45 minutes to go to bed because they had to check the clock on the um on the oven uh, for 45 minutes from every angle they had to like check this angle th that angle they had to open it like four times oh, they had to wow. close like all this horrible stuff that was like proper OCD that wasn't like um when people go like oh I'm yeah. so clean <laughs> like that's very different from that. yeah but yeah, but um, the need to confess, um, and, and and I'll ask you a little bit about this, but I'll share something that happened to me. I had this, I have this need to confess, and I was affected by purity culture, so I always felt that I had to confess every any time I had um, looked at porn or something to Amy. So when we were dating, I would be like, "Hey, I stuffed up again," like, and it was horrible. Like, one. It's kind of like too much information, kind of like for Amy. Amy's like, I don't like, she would always be like, I don't care. Like, you know, you don't, all right, I'm sorry you feel, but like, but I just always would have to tell. I felt like I couldn't move on until I told everyone about it. And thank God Amy can thank Neil deGrasse Tyson that Amy can, uh, Amy put up with me all through that. But every time I would like sin, I guess, like that, I would have these intrusive thoughts that I need to confess. And I remember we got past all that, we're married, where everything was going good, and these intrusive thoughts were, um, we're still kind of playing around here and there, but what would happen? Um, uh, what happened was 
Amy's like, just stop telling me. Like every time you think, you know, like every time you like masturbate or something, just you don't need to tell me. Like I don't care. Like I do it. Like it's fine. Whatever. And I was like, cool. Like awesome. And we we got past that in our relationship. Um, but one thing that was super super wild was one time Amy told me something, and it was like it was one of my friends she thought had come on to her at a party and it was like a really, like it was really, it was, she was not sure she should tell me because it, it, she wasn't sure if it was really, it really happened and all this, but, but it was a very vulnerable thing for her to do. And then, and then, and, and then I, then as a result, because she said that I felt like I had to confess something. And the only thing I could think about was to confess. This is going to sound so wild and please no one it's judge okay. me. It's, it's okay. a mental condition, but, I felt like I had to confess about every girl that was in our friend group that I had found attractive or thought about in a lustful way. And it's it it sounds worse than it is because just saying that, like, oh, I think this person's pretty this person, or I thought this person. But but when I'm walking around the kitchen, pacing up and down, having a panic attack, and Amy's like, What's wrong? And I'm like, I need to tell you something, I need to tell you something. And then I'm like, I thought about this person, and I thought about the and and she's sitting there like what like she's thinking like i've cheated on her but all i'm doing is telling her about lustful thoughts i've had of people in our friend group and it's like which and and it sounds worse than it is you can't you can't confess something like that and it sound (sighs) is i can say like oh yeah i think my friends are hot like i think some of my friends are hot. great like whatever like it's it's cool yeah the way i'm approaching it like i'm confessing and i'm like oh my i need to tell you something like like, you cheated (laughs) yeah and it was horrible. Okay. And Amy's Dave. like, yeah. <laughs> no, keep okay. going. I, I, just... I was just going to say, like, Amy's Amy's trying to be supportive. But she's also a little bit, like, taken aback and a little bit hurt because it's like, because it's like, I'm, it, it, it's almost like, it's almost like I'm making it sound way worse than it is. Like, she's, she, I'm making it sound horrible. It, 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 uh-huh. it was just, it was just a nightmare. And I remember I kept, like, she kept like trying to bring me back to reality and I kept confessing stuff and then, and then feeling bad. And we're up to like 3 AM and I, I just had to, I just took a bunch of Valium and went to sleep, like took enough Valium so I could not, not dangerously, but took a couple of Valium and went to sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, it was, it, it was horrible. Like, but, but it's like moments like that, like I've gone to a psychologist and the psychologist is like, actually, I think I went to my parents and my parents like, David, get on medication. Please get on medication. I was like, I was like, I went to a doctor and I was like, all right, the third time's a charm. Like, I'll take the medication you've been telling me to take for years. And I took it and it was fantastic. But oh what were you saying? I feel like I've had the exact same story. <laughs> like, no, no, not that I feel. I thought I've you might. The, I'm sitting here, my heart is pounding because, like, I'm almost, I could almost cry right now just in relief because there was, a time where, yeah, I, I was, it was years ago, but I was, I went through a time where I was like, I felt this constant need, like, and I went to my mom because my mom was the only person that could literally cleanse me of my sins. It wasn't God. I, I couldn't get that feeling from God. I'd go to my mom and I'd be like, she's like, Stacy, it's normal. You're a person. You have eyes. It's normal. Mm. If you think Brian doesn't think people are attractive, you're crazy. Like Mm. it's just human nature. And I'm like, okay, but I feel so bad. And I think what also made, but it was real. Like the thing is it, I thought I was going to go insane. Yeah. Like I had to take something to help me sleep as well. Like 
we have gravel here in Canada, which is like to help with nausea, but it also knocks you out and you can just buy it over the counter. And I was taking gravel to sleep because I could not sleep. And I, I was praying all the prayers. I thought, have I, have I built up these strongholds? Do I need to tear down strongholds? Do I need to perform spiritual warfare? I was losing weight. I, all I could drink was ginger ale. I could sip it throughout the day. My mind was just because I felt this immense guilt and shame. And then I remember saying to Brian, I was like, do I need to confess? Like, I just, what if someone is attractive? He's like, and we're not the jealous type at all. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, neither, neither of us we, are yeah. jealous. <laughs> yeah. Like if someone thinks he's attractive, I was like, Ooh, that's so awesome. Yeah. Cause you're mine. Yeah. And I think you're attractive. Yeah. So yay. Yeah. And he's the same way of like, we are not, jealous people um and we trust it's... each other and i adore him but i would just be like but you know what it is is also you know the scripture that says like if you even so much as lust after a woman you've mm, committed, you committed adultery in your heart and mm -hmm. that seriously like it fucked with my brain like mm. i don't know if i can swear but that literally yeah you can swear i thought okay, well then that's it. I've committed adultery. If I thought someone was cute and I was like, wow, he's really cute. Then I'm, I'm an adulterer at heart. And yeah. what am I going to do? What am I going to do now? And so I just felt trapped. Um, the, I went, the, it, yeah, it's wild, ahead. right? Like the, the, even now, like um, sometimes those thoughts will, um, will kind of like like trickle in a little bit so but but i've learned to like yeah. my psychologist got me to laugh at them and like kind of like okay laugh at them and like talk about them not in never talk about them in a confessing way but talk about them in, a, in, in like so i remember this time recently um when i, I became friends with um just really good friend of mine now but i come friends with this um girl at university um i th there was um like a photo that i thought like a photo on her instagram and it was like a one of those nudie bum photos where like all the girls like yeah and like it's the back of them so you can just see their bums kind of yeah. thing. and i was yeah. like oh that's funny like cute like that's like, kind of cute like it was a fun funny photo and it, you know like it's i wasn't like it wasn't like i was like oh my god like i've, I've seen internet porn like that's not gonna like i'm not like yeah. i'm not like blown away by bums but like i was like oh that's i was like oh cute and i was yeah. like cute, uh funny photo like haha but then um but then, like, you know, she would pop up every now and again. And I remember seeing her pop up and be like, and then remembering the photo, I'm like, oh, that's right. And I clicked on her profile and looked at the photo again. And I thought, oh no, I'm like, now I'm like, am I crossing the line now? Because like now I've gone back to look at the photo, but I, I wasn't looking for, I was kind of looking at it because because it was it was a fun photo. It was kind of it was kind of cute. And yeah, the, like, a bunch of girls' bums, like whatever. Like I I see, like, I like that. Yeah. So like, so but but in my mind, I'm like, Oh my gosh! Like, have go I, to the beach. Have, yeah, have I just gone? Have I? Do I need to like? Am, am I having like unholy thoughts about my friend and like I need to tell Amy about it and like start yeah. creating distance between me and this person? Like, it was really weird. Um, and you know, I I think I like I think I ended up telling like I was a bit like anxious a little bit and um and I was like oh god I'm getting I'm stupid intrusive thoughts and I was and I told Amy and she like laughed I like laughed and we kind of moved on. But it's it's back in the day i would have been like oh my god i would have been like panicking and like been like what do i do like my I, i'm now yeah. flirting with the idea of like 
you know, I'm already like planning like, okay, Amy's going to break up with me when I can't control myself and I end up sleeping with someone else. And then I'm going to like, like, it's like, you're, I'm already, I'm already moved out. I'm already like seeing Atlas on every second weekend. Like, I'm like, it's already, my brain's already down like the most traumatic route ever. <laughs> and it's all my fault. Yeah. <laughs> like Cat yeah, Catastrophe, right? You go straight yeah. to catastrophe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Oh so, my gosh. And, I get it. It's so good to know that someone else has a weird brain like that. (laughs) I know. But see, I was afraid. I started looking into like therapy, but um, I was too afraid of going to therapy because I thought, well, they're going to make me talk about it. I I can't say it out loud. I was too Mm. afraid to go and actually talk about it because I didn't want to say anything. And then I thought if I tell them, yeah, that's, my mom she knows um oh is that your mom <laughs> that's my mom. hello she can Very nice to see you yeah um so i was just terrified i'm like if i go there i'm gonna have to talk about it and then i was afraid if i go and then i come back and then like say my husband's like oh how was it what'd you guys talk about i'd be like uh what am i gonna tell him or, or like, I don't want to have to repeat anything. I just didn't want to talk about it. Um, I only wanted to talk to my mom. And what's ironic is you're probably like, if you're having those thoughts, like, I don't know how, how bad it got for you, but if you're having those thoughts about like, what if I find someone attractive and you, the, the probably the thought is like, if I find someone else attractive, it's going to maybe ruin our my marriage or it's an unholy thought and I'm unclean or whatever. And it's going to cause issues in our relationship. And, and one of those things, one of the ways that manifests is through um, uh, maybe not having sex as much, or maybe not, you know, having those intimate moments or maybe not um, have, uh, being able to bond with them. And then as a result, you protect yourself and you, pr- you protect yourself from going down that route. But then that the result of that is usually you're not in the mood to have sex, you're not in the mood to be intimate because you're, you're h- yeah. hiding this thing. Oh, it's horrible, right? It's just, it's, a, it's, it's, just it's so bad. Yeah. It, it, I just felt, I just, I would come down on myself so hard, right? Like constantly. And like, why would, um, he, he's asked if I was done. I'm not done. So if my mom <laughs> is there, she can text him and tell him I'm not done. Okay. Stay away. <laughs> Please text him. <laughs> um, anyways, so yeah, but okay. So even though I didn't go to therapy or anything, which I still want to do, it's not covered here. I don't really know. I, I would like to go to it because I'm not afraid of it anymore, thankfully. Yeah. But I did, it took me a year to get the courage to go to the doctor and at least get on medication. Mm. So that did help. So I, I didn't leave it untreated. Um, are you on a, and, do you mind if I it ask? Took me what, a year. If you're on, are you on like an SSRI? Yeah. Yeah, I'm on Lexapro and it's just been uh, Prozac. Oh, okay, yeah. It's it's okay. to me like you hear so... all these horror stories about that and I didn't take it because of all horror stories. I had like a dry mouth for 2 weeks and then all my symptoms most of my symptoms went away. Like it reduced the the ups and downs by like 80%. Like it was fantastic and yeah, I love yeah. it. <laughs> it. Yeah. It, it I know is, most like, people don't get it, that, it but really I just want to put out a positive experience because you it's like um you only hear about vaccine injuries, you don't really hear about like a positive vaccine experience because you know it's, right even though it's way more common exactly yeah. no i've i've been on it now i had i stopped it while i was pregnant for our our last son um but he mm-hmm. was born four years ago and then i went back on it um three years ago and i i have no intention because of, of 
going off because it's working. And mm. um, I, there, there has been times where I've um, needed to pick up my prescription and I forgot for like five or six days. And I'm oh. like, okay, I'll go. But then I have noticed, I'm like, oh my God, I actually really need this stuff. Um, yeah. And then I'm also it can, on a, it can be worse a, after a you migraine medic. I'm on a migraine medication as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, non-migraines yeah, so like nice. Hey, I don't want to go off, but I'm on a migraine medication. No, but um, it also a side effect of that is also a uh, what's the word? Oh, it's a it's a mood. Um, there's a a mood stabilizer in it. Oh, uh, okay. And yeah. Uh, yeah, but I don't. I I'm not taking it for that. It's just kind of like an added bonus. So yeah, I take it nice. for migraines. You know, so I'm like, the, okay. A lot of people <laughs> riff on the pharmaceutical industry, and you know, there are definitely some problems there. But holy crap, like the, the what we can do with medication is like a mirac only miraculous. You know, um, it's it's amazing. Um, something. Uh, so we, we can touch on we can touch on the mental health stuff again, like touch on, keep talking about it, but I do want to quickly bring up, um, mm -hmm. are, are you, are you okay to go a little bit over or do you need to like pretty much do 90 yeah. minutes? Okay. I just didn't want to make uh, no, your... I can go a little bit over. Yeah. <laughs> if your husband wants to, if your husband wants to come in and kids are screaming, no, that's fine. No, I'm good. Uh, <laughs> if you kicked him outside and he's sitting that's in the garden fine. with the kids, like, he can do um, okay. <laughs> so one, one thing you, you talked about on, a, on another channel, you talked about COVID, COVID being a kind of a turning point for you in regards to um, the misinformation that was out there. So you 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 got unfollowed by a bunch of people on Facebook or, or Instagram when you pointed mm -hmm. out that you were vaccinated. Now it's very political yeah. in the US uh, and I'm sure Canada, and it's it's moderately political here as well, which is silly because it's mm -hmm. it should just be science. But you said something that's super interesting, and that was you realized like you would lay out the facts before you know you were very kind of timid about the vaccine. Which even even me, I, mm -hmm. I ran pro vaccine ca uh, marketing campaigns that I paid for and made myself. Like I was a very big oh, advocate wow. for people getting vaccinated. And even when I got vaccinated, I was like, oh god, have I, I've checked everything right? Like I was even, I was even up. It was weird, right? This is okay. the, the fear gets in your head. But um, you were like you know a bit timid towards the vaccine, but you decided to go with like the facts and information and everything and you got vaccinated. But, and then when you presented this information to your Christian friends, they weren't listening. You said they weren't listening to the facts. Um, like they weren't listening to the facts. Yeah. And then you thought, well, if they're not listening, like if they don't care about this here, how, how do, how do I know that they're belie like they believe they're like, what if their beliefs weren't accurate? Right. Yeah. Can exactly. you tell us a little bit? That's, that's basically, yeah, I was, I, I was seeing how, um, and I know like everything's not a hundred percent with pharmaceuticals, of, of course, but like for the vast majority, like I felt like this was something that I could trust. And um, I was just seeing how the, the people who were kind of shying, not shying away from it, but screaming the loudest against it and seemingly dying from COVID tended to be like the right wing conservative slash conspiracy theorists. And I was like, mm. they're mostly Christians and there seems to be some kind of connection between that. So what is the connection? They're all Christians. What are they believing 
that might not be true about just Christianity. Like if, what are they just blindly believing without looking into it any deeper? So that sort of is what made me jump into like exploring it even more um, around that same time that I was watching other documentaries and, and like the one I talked about the purity culture and stuff, but mm-hmm. it really made me examine um, what do I believe and why, because I don't want to look like these people who are acting so foolish. Um, mm. And that is what basically sparked my uh, deconstruction slash deconversion without intending mm. it to. So it's like the ridiculous, yeah. the ridiculousness of group mentality, right? Like, yeah. And even like, you yeah. know, protest the mandates or whatever go for it but the thing is the thing that i didn't like about the the protests and stuff is like protest but you can still do it and accept the science so protest the mandates but social distance when you're protesting and wear masks but none of them were they're <laughs> coughing and sneezing all over everyone they're like incredible and it's like it's like the, the you know it's like i'm not anti-vax i'm anti-mandate so wear a mask you've dickhead like I, I it's it's very confusing to me because it's like it's so obviously yeah. not about the science and not about the you know it's like if you if you know you look at any of those yeah. anti-vax rallies I, I would have no issue with them if they were there there could have been a way to do them responsibly or, or credit online movements or something you know even if you had to go out in the street at least something. wear a mask or do something to yeah um but it was it was a big pushback yeah. against the establishment they thought and um it was so silly exactly it was very silly and it was um i don't know if you heard over in australia but like here in canada from the west coast to the east coast there was a truckers convoy where oh yeah i heard about that it was just what was such that, an yeah? embarrassment <sighs> well that was just the it was like truckers going all the way across canada and people were supporting them and the truckers were gonna save us and everyone was worshiping the truckers and like yay the truckers um Oof. I don't know. It was right around when the t- they were going to start, you know, kind of like rolling back on mandates anyways. And so mm. my husband was like, these people are going to think that they actually did this <laughs> when really this is the timeline of yeah. how this is all coming to play. And I didn't support the truckers because it was so stupid. And they just disrupted all of Ottawa for like three weeks and they were having hot tub parties in the streets. And I'm like, you have... You have freedom. You're not being mm. arrested. You're blowing mm. on horns 24 hours a day with hot tubs in the middle of the street and having like dance parties. You have freedoms. Like, yeah. what are you shouting yeah. about? So there's um, there's, that's when there's... I started losing like a lot of friends. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. I can't believe that it's become <laughs> such a thing. And and to, we'll get off COVID, but the, there's um, I remember one of the the cringiest and saddest and most horrible things I, I saw. Yeah. Local local community uh, group I'm a part of. There's like this conspiracy group that like they let they you know I snuck into um to see what the anti-vaccine memes were about. And um, it's so funny. So many of my family and friends are on that group, and I'm like, oh, this is so bad. And they're talking about how, like, I'm like, oh, I saw someone else at church today wearing a bright yellow star of Star of David on their jacket, and so it became trendy here oh to wear a Star of David on the jacket as if they were in Nazi Germany, and they had to, and and, and it was like they both nodded at each other. These people who oh, were wearing it at, at church, 
Yeah, because it was like they were kind of saying like, "Well, I'm unvaxxed, so I have to." So I'm, I'm, and and it's like you know, typical of a Christian to, not to rail on Christians, but typical of a Christian to, um, find any way they can to pretend to be persecuted. Like it's just, yeah, it, it's they got this like this 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 passion for being persecuted. Like, how do you know you're talking to a Christian? Yeah. (laughs) How do you know you're talking to a Christian? It's like they're either hoping to be persecuted or they're pretending to be persecuted. Like, it's, uh, yeah. Like, uh, when the same-sex marriage bill came around in Australia, I remember a lot of Christians thought somehow it was an attack on them. Like, they would see a poster that said, like, love is love, and they're like, oh, does this have to be everywhere? Like, it's just like... What exactly. are you talking about? Like, are you kidding me? Like, th- this is society it. taking away the big stick that you've been whacking everyone with for the last 2,000 years. This is yeah. society taking away that stick. That isn't persecution. That's just equality. Um, yeah. Anyway, I've gotten to the ranting yeah. stage of the uh, uh, conversation. That's okay. And kid- kiddies and uh, husband <laughs> coming in? Are they coming in know. yet? Did you hear something? Oh, oh. maybe I'll tell them to stay out. <laughs> no, no, no. You, they can come in. Like, join the party. It's all good. So, um, is there anything else you want to talk about with the mental health stuff before we jump oh, into no, Q and A? Is there anyone? Um, is there you know what, anything you want to talk about? We touched. The, um, we touched on it. Yeah, it's no. I think we we touched on it. Sorry, yeah. is it breaking up again? A little bit, but that's okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I, I just saw this comment. Donald <laughs> I head, feel Donald so head, bad. No, it's okay. Donald had just said that's forked up, and uh, it's uh, oh. now disgraced. David A. Falk was unsurprisingly a big oh, supporter Dr. of the truckers. <laughs> yeah, hey, Doctor Kip Davis. Um, that's forked up. Oh that's that made me laugh. I got, I got. Um, so <laughs> everyone doesn't know. Uh, 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 what's his name? David, David Falk, David A. Falk. David he, um, Falk. he's the one. Yeah. He's the disgraced. He's the disgraced dude who, uh, who said something about like Francesca Stavrakopoulou, um, that her scholarship is only, only matters because of her cup size. He said, which was ridiculous. Like, oh he, like, gosh. you shouldn't measure scholarship in cup size. And um, anyway, I got, I got ban- he, it, the whole internet came up, came against him because like no one messes with um, Francesca, and um, oh, and also gosh. what he said was incredibly sexist and ridiculous. Yeah. But it's so funny. I got, I got booted off his um, his Twitter because I asked him. I was like, <laughs> he's like, I need support because I've lost my job, and I was like, I need to know your cup size before I can <laughs> go for the job. So. <laughs> Good enough before I can support you. So I've been telling everyone, like I've been, I've been asking everyone, like what's his cup size, and, and yeah, oh my that's gosh. my favorite, my favorite that's meme hilarious. at the moment. <laughs> <That's> um, <laughs> okay, so uh, so I've got a few questions for you, um, and these are yeah. some just general questions that I ask people at the for end sure. of the drinks. Um, what is the most plausibly true religion that you don't believe in? Oh. <laughs> plausibly i'll say the flying spaghetti monster <laughs> okay why why is that, that plausible funny. no i don't know the plausibly true i don't know i've never thought of this question yeah um, no, it's, it's good you no, can take your time plausibly true. Uh, plausibly true you know what i don't think i wouldn't subscribe to any of them but I don't know if there is one that I would think would be plausibly true. Um, they're knocking on the door. Yeah. I'll say the flying spaghetti monster. Okay. Why not? Cool. Yeah. Why not? Also. 
Um, Why not? In regarding regarding your <laughs> regarding your uh, God belief, what if anything would change your mind? Mm-hmm. Um, if there was evidence, but it, even if there was a God, I know I have the choice that I don't have to worship Him or not. Mm. So, even if there was one, I don't think I would worship Him. Yeah. So mm. you you can prove that he's there, but I still don't have to to worship. So mm. yeah, yeah. Uh, Dr. Yeah. Kip Davis said, "Canaanite religion for the win." <laughs> I'd love to. When uh, Kip comes on, <laughs> Kip's going to come on again, hopefully around his fiftieth, which is coming up, isn't it, Kip? Um, and we will, we'll have to Ooh. discuss in in detail why the Canaanite God is the uh, is the true one, true God. Okay. If there was a God. Um, okay. Sure. So. And we'll end, I guess, on this question. And this is a really good question for anyone who maybe has listened to your story uh, and especially the stuff about your the mental health journey. Um, what is the best piece of advice someone has given you? And then I'll ask the, the, the follow-up to that is, what advice would you have given yourself in, in if you could go back in time? Mm. The best piece of advice someone has given me? Um... I would say, well, my husband, I don't think there's been like one specific piece of advice that he's given me, but he's just, he's just been such a constant supporter. Like he's never discouraged me from uh, anything. Like he's never said, no, I don't think you're right. No, don't do that. No. Like he's just always supported me in like whatever I've wanted to explore next. Um, If and I, I don't, I don't go explore like anything crazy. I don't think, <laughs> um, <laughs> eventually it leads me to the right answers. So I think just having, just having him, um, being support to me and that day where he gave me that quote about life mm. being two sparks or life being a spark between two identical voids. Um, that's not really advice, but it was advice without yeah, realizing no, that's, it. That's that's good. Yeah, that was yeah. huge. Um and then what I what advice I would give myself. Um, yeah, if you could go back in time to like I guess mm-hmm. I guess uh, when you're deconstructing or I guess when you're first starting to to question things, what would you what would you say? Yeah. Um I think I probably would have told myself when I first was majorly doubting it in November of 2019 just to go for it not to hold back, um, that it, it would be okay. It's not, it's not scary. Um, and to just seek answers outside of Christianity. Mm. Uh, so that's, that's what I would tell myself and just know that there's so much more better, better things waiting on the other side. (laughs) I've never been happier. Um, the community, the support, it's yeah i i never could have imagined it being as wonderful as it is so just just to do it <laughs> and yeah you're not going to regret it a hundred percent and and uh that's so, the, the, yeah. it's, it's hard to communicate that with people who believe that you're going to hell or something though like you you like we we try to commit like amy was saying you know like mm-hmm. it's hard because we want to tell our family we're okay we're good but 
no, 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 that's almost bad. Like they want us to be going bad if we're outside of the church, you know? Um, but yeah, it's, it's, that's, that's probably the same advice, similar advice that I'd give myself, I think is, um, is, 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 uh, when I was deconstructing is it's, it's fine. Like it's take, take. And that's what I always say. Like, you know, I might be a orange robe monk with a shaved head in 10 years. I have no idea. I'm going to enjoy my life up until then. And after then I'm going to like enjoying your life is paramount to me. Um, in regards to like, don't sweat those, these things just, you know, beliefs can change. Um, always follow the evidence where it leads just keep on down that path and it's it's okay like in, enjoy yeah. the ride of this beautiful life that we have yeah.